Good morning everyone, it's a real privilege to be with you today. My name is Derek, I'm one of the church leaders here at Ebenezer Church, or Ebby as we like to call ourselves. Now I reckon most of us will have come across the good news, bad news scenario. I still remember the day, uh, many years ago now, when my wife Angela telephoned me. I was at work at the time, uh, that was when I was working in the bank, and she said to me, I've got some good news and some bad news. Uh, she told me that the good news was that the airbags in the car worked really well. She didn't really need to explain the bad news to me because by that point I had more or less guessed what it was. The fact that someone had driven into our car at speed was bad enough. But actually it was worse that it had happened on the Tamar Bridge that's adjoining Soltash with Plymouth. Uh, but worse still, Angela was actually driving to a funeral. And worse still, it was the 1st of April, April's Fool's Day. And I, by the tone of her voice, knew that this was not a prank. Even this past week, I feel that Angela and I have played out the good news, bad news scenario at home. Uh, if I tell you the good news, I think you might guess what the bad news is. The good news is, at home, our smoke detectors work really well at the moment. The bad news is we had forgotten that we had put something under the grill. Now I wonder, when you are faced with the question, do you want the good news first or the bad news, which do you choose? Now, I don't want you to misunderstand me. Uh, my frivolity at the start of this talk is in no way to belittle the subject matter that we are handling this morning. But it is to reflect on something that Sarah said last week. The talk for last week was entitled Humanity's Problem and this week is God's rescue. In other words, bad news, good news. And I did smile when Sarah said in her talk, at least towards the end of her talk, that she needed to just encroach a little bit on today's talk because she didn't want hers to be all about bad news. And I understand that. So thank you, Sarah, for handling the bad news last week. I get to deal with the good news today. So I'm reading, and as you may know, we're going through the Bible book of Romans, and I'm reading from chapter 3, and this is verse 21. But now, a righteousness from God, apart from law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus, who, to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice, because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. 
On what principle? On that of observing the law? No, but on that of faith. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from observing the law. Is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too. Since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through that same faith. Do we then nullify the law by his faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. And I fully realise in reading that passage to you that we are faced with a whole range of theological and biblical language. Consider what we have had here already just in these few verses. Righteousness, law, faith, sin, justification, grace, redemption, sacrifice, atonement, justice, forbearance. And in just 11 verses and 11 theological terms, in all honesty, we could have 11 sermons. But don't panic, I'm not going to attempt 11 sermons in one. I have to cut to the core. And Sarah helpfully set the stage last week. In this Roman series, exploring the overarching theme of what do we believe, we have two consecutive weeks striking a contrast. This is to link last week's talk with this week's. Last week's was all about humanity's problem. The bad news, if you like. This week's is all about God's rescue. That's the good news for me to share with you. Brokenness on one hand, restoration on the other. And I find that the whole life of Jesus confronts us with a flow of contrasting concepts. So in Jesus, we have the whole story of lost and found, death and life, dark and light, old and new, law and grace, sin and forgiveness, separation and relationship. You see, the problem for humanity is common to us all. It does not matter who we are, what we have, what we do, how we were raised, where we live, our nationality. It does not count whether we are in wealth or poverty, whether we are privileged or vulnerable, or whether we are in good health or suffering from illness. Romans points out there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I know this must appear very stark, but I know that we must all accept what God has done to rescue us is something that we all need. Every one of us has come short of God's perfect standard. We are all in need of rescuing. But I want to point this out clearly, this does not follow through to an argument that because God loved the whole world that every single person is automatically rescued as well. And yes, some people do hold to a theology of universalism, but I just don't see it in the Bible. There's too much here that evidences God offers his rescue to us and we have a choice, a choice whether to accept it 
or to reject it. God will not force us into heaven if we don't choose that for ourselves. He will not compel you to trust in him if you don't want to do so. And I believe that his gift of free will to each and every one of us is just that, a free will to believe or to go our own way. But what I do know is God has done everything to make it possible for each person to be rescued, to be saved. This is what the cross of Jesus Christ is all about. A sacrifice that brings salvation. A death that brings life. You know, this past week I was at a funeral and I had the privilege of just talking about Jesus and declaring him as the resurrection and the life. And we sang together that lovely hymn, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. I find that if we use the language of redemption, for example, then a price has been paid to deliver us. Jesus paid such a price when he died on the cross at Calvary. In our sin, we're held captive as prisoners, but Jesus has paid the ransom to secure our release. If we use the language of grace, then God offers us forgiveness, even though we don't deserve it. And this forgiveness is in his son, Jesus. And we need not bear the guilt of all the wrong we have done when God offers to wipe the slate clean. If the language of atonement then the shedding of blood so that we need not die. For Jesus, his physical death on the cross results in eternal life for us. We need not face death and judgment when Jesus has taken the judgment upon himself. And if the language of justice, then the debt has been paid for that which is wrong so that we might go free. I don't know if you're aware of the statue of Lady Justice holding a pair of scales where she weighs the prosecution against the defence regarding the accused. The law will always find us guilty and deserving of punishment, to be honest. But I believe that when God takes the scales of justice in his hands, Okay, he weighs the prosecution that stands against us on one side. But on the other side of the scales, he weighs all that Jesus Christ, his son, did for us. And he finds that Jesus tips the scale every time. And lastly, if the language of justification, then we are restored into relationship with God. We've received a pardon for the sin that separates us from him. And it is Jesus again who brings us back home to Father God. And this is the language that we have brought to us in this section of Romans. And I've just briefly covered this language hope that that helps each and every one of us.
But I emphasise the offer of rescue comes to us all. And the offer must be received by faith in Jesus himself. I feel the exercise of faith in our hearts opens the door for salvation to flood in. And salvation is kind and Jesus is knocking at the door gently, lovingly, waiting for us to open up to him. And his promise is this, if you open up to me, I will come in. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What a wonderful promise that is. But I want to ask this question. Why is it that when we have this story to tell, we somehow convince ourselves it cannot be as simple as this, surely? Surely there must be a checklist of 101 things that I have to do in order to get to heaven. Surely good works is a requirement. We notch up a load of good deeds so as to deserve rescuing. Except that we are told plainly, and this is Paul's writing to Ephesus, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works. And so just as we were saved through faith, so we must live by faith. But how many times do we convince ourselves that we must continuously gain the approval of God by the things we do? Sometimes I just feel we get it the wrong way round all the time. We argue within ourselves something like this. The more I do, the more God accepts me. And this leads us to serve out of fear or out of a clinical duty. And our lives become founded upon our good works. The opposite is truth. God accepts us through Jesus. Our lives are founded on faith. We serve God out of love. And every moment of every day, we know we are accepted and we are forgiven. Faith, not works. Love, not fear. Acceptance, not approval. It is as we read in Romans. Where then is the boasting? Well, well that's excluded. We cannot boast. On what principle is this all based? On observing the law? No, it's based on faith. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith. Now I want to encourage you, if you have never experienced God's rescue, if you've never received his offer, if you've never received Jesus into your life, then why not check out Alpha? It's a great course to attend that takes you through the life of Jesus and what Christianity is all about. You can register your interest for Alpha on our website and I'd encourage you to do that if you know nothing of the rescue that God has provided for us and, and, and you've never received it for yourself. But actually, I'm ending here and I, I just want you all to be blessed and may God bless you loads as we live in the light of what God has done for us, rescuing us, saving us, forgiving us, making us whole, healing us, all in and through Jesus Christ. I make no apology for constantly referencing the name of Jesus. In all honesty, 
He is what we are all about as a church. Our vision is to continually reproduce the life of Jesus. And that life is reproduced when we surrender to him, when we choose to follow him. God bless you loads. And may you live in the enjoyment and in the light of the rescue that God has provided for us. Hope I get to see you again soon. God bless.